Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week. some well-deserved leave at the moment, um, as is Pastor Spencer, and January is a great time for youth pastors, because across the nation, they get to preach a little bit more, because all the pastors are away on some well-earned rest, so uh, it's really a privilege to share tonight, and uh, I'm really believing it's going to encourage you, um, it's going to challenge you as well, a healthy challenge, um, and, and what I love is, especially if you're a Christian, um, don't leave tonight and do the classic, George just smashed me, oh, like, I want you to be encouraged, I'm not going to smash you. The Word of God is going to encourage you. The Word of God is going to challenge you. Say, I feel so uplifted and challenged by God's Word. Not, George just boom, smashed me tonight. George didn't do nothing. I'm up here with a microphone, but I'm believing that God's going to do something because otherwise I'm just giving a speech. But we know that church is so much more than that. God's going to speak to you in a great way. So um, well done for not melting today as well, everybody. Everyone's made it to church. And uh, hey, how great to be in God's house on a Friday night. And it's been one of those weird couple of weeks where you don't know what day it is. I thought I was here for Tuesday afternoon church. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but it is Friday and uh, we are well and truly kicking the year off. And, and I think it's been a great start to the year in church as well. I was talking to someone earlier and just already um, this month, um, they've had two family, family members come to Christ um, at church and begin their journey with Him. And lots of people... Lots of people already coming to know God at the start of the year and, and really good things happening. And I thought um, Yasmin did an epic job on Sunday in the 9 a.m., just preached a great word. Um, we've just had excellent preaching. Pastor Eli did a great word um, on Sunday as well and Pastor Izzy on Friday. We've had a really great time. And I know for the rest of January, um, church is epic, especially uh, if you're under 35, because this week coming, we've got the huge holiday hangout. Then the week after, we've got youth camp. Then we've got our young adult leaders retreat. And then I'm retiring. Um, and so, <laughs> but it's an exciting time in the church. God's doing a lot. And can I really encourage you, at the start of the year, really plug into all the church is doing, plug into what God's doing. Great opportunities for you to get involved and connect more, grow in God, have some fun. So really jump in and, and be a part of that. Well, I'm going to preach tonight for about 20 minutes on the worst restriction of all. The worst restriction of all. Of all the restrictions, this is the worst one. And the reason I want to preach it is because I know that for you, Jesus wants you to live in full freedom. He wants you to experience full freedom in your life, full freedom in your heart, full freedom in your spirit. God wants you to experience full freedom. And everybody in this room needs freedom. Not just people that are maybe enslaved to an addiction or someone that's maybe needing freedom from some unhealthy thoughts. Everybody in this room needs freedom. Every single person on the planet needs freedom from the worst restriction of all. And I'd like to start tonight by reading Isaiah 61. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to page 1274 and you should have it. And I'm borrowing Pastor Izzy's Bible for this, so I'm, I'm feeling it. It's good. All right, Isaiah 61. It's going to come up on the screen, I think. It says this. 
The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Pretty much what the scripture is saying is that you'll take mourning to dancing. That's pretty much what it's saying. Um, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I'll just jump forward to verse 9. It says, Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see him will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. What, what a great passage of scripture, full of richness, full of declarations, full of prophecy, the, speaking the will and the, 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 uh, the speaking the will of God. But what I would like to just reiterate to everybody, I love the start. This is the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, uh, to, to send me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Um, what we know from Scripture, church, is that the Bible is not just for people that are perhaps struggling with earthly needs. I know often it can be, hey, the Bible's great if you're struggling. Well, the Bible is also essential if you're not struggling. You might have the, the five by three on the beachfront intrigue. You also need the gospel. You need freedom from your captivity. You need the riches of God. Restrictions are things that hold us back. Restrictions are things that stop us doing what we want to do. Things that we want to do, a a restriction means that we cannot do it. Um, A restriction will stop us from going places we want to go, from experiencing things we want to experience, from maybe achieving goals that we want to achieve. When there's a restriction in place, it stops you from doing what you'd like to do. Um, I I got back from uh, Zambia visiting our great church there in March uh, with my dad, Pastor Spencer, and and Mr. Barlow. And when we got back, we immediately had to go into 14 days quarantine in our homes. And the worst part about that was that I was away um, in Zambia for two weeks. And then when I got back, I had another two weeks at home. So I had a whole month not seeing my wife, not getting to spend time with her. And uh, even when we got back and we're in quarantine, things like going out and getting a nice coffee, we couldn't do that. I know it sounds like a terrible first world problem, but when you have a Robert Tim's bag, I'm telling you, you want a good coffee. Anyway, that was just a little example, a little experience for me of a, of a restriction on what I could do. And, uh, you know, it, it, all of it seems fun at first, and you have a couple of days where you're like, oh, I can't even take the bins out. <laughs> and then the ne- after a couple of days, you're like, this is, this is insane. This is, this is tough. And that wasn't even a hotel. I, I feel so bad for people that are doing 14 days in a hotel and they can't even leave the room. It's just such a challenge. But restrictions can really get to you. And, and the, the biggest frustration is when there's a desire that you have that the restriction stops you from doing. 
Now, all of us have wrestled with the worst restriction of all a lot longer than just during COVID. Um, There's a restriction that each person on the planet is born with, and we all wrestle with it, and it's pre-pandemic. What we want to do, we can't. What we want to stop doing, we can't stop. Who we want to be, we can't be. Where we want to go, we can't, because we're restricted by the worst restriction of all. Now, God in His Word speaks to this worst restriction. And the good news is, is that because of Jesus Christ, you and I can experience full freedom from this restriction. We can experience the freedom of Christ and be who He's called us to be. We can go forward doing what we know we're called to do. We can go to the places that we know we're called to go. We will be unrestricted and be able to do all God has called us to do because of the freedom in Jesus Christ. So what is this worst restriction? Let's have a look. We're going to go to John chapter 8, verse 31. It's going to come up on the screen, and it says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? These men had never been enslaved before, and they're asking Jesus, why are you talking to us as though we need freedom when we've never been enslaved? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son, speaking of Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed. Just to repeat what Jesus said, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is Jesus echoing again what we read in Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And amen, He sent me to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That word liberty there in the Greek means liberty, which means freedom, which means God wants to set you free, which means God wants you to be unrestricted from that which holds you back. Two great passages of Scripture right there where Jesus reminds us that He has come to preach freedom to the captives. He encourages us in those Scriptures, if if we abide in the Word, what does that mean? If we live according to God's Word, not just know the Word of God, but apply it, that you will know the truth and that the truth will set you free. The Bible also telling us right there, powerful, it's, it's Jesus saying that who the Son, who Jesus sets free is free indeed. That true freedom is found as a gift from Jesus Christ. You know, we can sound just like those people in that passage saying, hey, we've never been a slave before. Why are you talking to me as though I need freedom from captivity? I've never been a slave before. Why do I need freedom? You know, that that sounds a lot like um, people in the Western world, especially in, in a place like Perth, Western Australia, where we are incredibly blessed. And when you share with somebody, hey, you need freedom from your oppression, you need freedom from captivity, you're a slave to something, you need freedom. People don't understand. I just snorkeled at Medham's pool, I'm going for a flat white, what else do I need? We're so incredibly blessed and privileged. Even look at the COVID situation in WA, we are very blessed. But church, the greatest restriction is not something that restricts your materials, it's not something that restricts where you can go physically. The greatest restriction in the world is sin. The greatest restriction is sin because we are all a slave to sin. 
it is a great restriction to our soul. Sin is a, restri- a great restrictor on our heart and our mind. But most importantly, sin would come to restrict you from a loving relationship with God. Sin would try to separate you from God. And Jesus came to preach freedom from sin. I once was at a youth camp and someone was preaching to uh, 15-year-old guys about lust. And it was a powerful presentation of, hey, guys, we want to be men of God. We don't want to lust after things. Great scriptures were given, great stories. About 30 minutes later, they said, any questions? And a 15-year-old kid put his hand up and said, what is lust? And then all of the kids were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it it became very clear. There was an amazing teaching on lust, but no one knew what it was. And I don't want to make that mistake tonight. So what is sin? The thing that we're a slave to. Um, Augustine, who's a great theologian and philosopher, he said, sin is a word or deed or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. A word, deed or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. Another great quote is, my sin was this, that I looked for beauty, pleasure and truth, not in Jesus, but in myself and in his other creatures. Another great way to explain sin is missing the mark. What the goal is to be able to reach God, to be good enough to to know God, we have missed the mark in our sin. God has set a holy standard for us to live by, to be in a relationship with Him. I'll put it this way, for God to be God, He has to be unlike us in so many ways. For example, He's outside of time, there's no beginning, there's no end. Also, He is perfect. For Him to be God and us to not be God is, we have blemishes, we have faults, we have failings. God does not. Now, in His perfection, in His holiness, in His sovereignty, things that are blemished and things that are broken, if they come into the presence of God, it's just like an all-consuming, like a fire. You know, who's seen Indiana Jones? I think it's the first one. Yeah, okay, a couple of shy hands. It's a great movie. Come on. Well, there's the scene they open up the, um, the Ark of the Covenant and some guy's face melts. And, and I think that's a great example of what the glory of God is like. If you're in the holiness of God, the glory of God, if, you know, when people say, I want God to rock up in front of me, well, your face might melt off. God's holiness, His sovereignty, His omnipresence, omniscience, omniscience, God is holy and and imperfect things coming into his presence. In order for that to happen, something has to have paid a cost for imperfection to know perfection. We are slaves to sin. What does that mean? It means that that, that sin has power over us. We can't not sin. Some people see living life trying not to sin as actually the opposite of freedom. I'll give you an example. So when I was in school, I was making a deliberate effort to fight sin in my life. I went to a few youth camps, got radically touched by God, and I was like, I want to do what the Bible says. I want to do my best to honor God with my choices. And I was like, here we go. Go back to school. And I remember I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing drugs. I, would, I was not swearing. I was replacing swear words with Christian swear words. You know, the ones I'm talking about, just look straight ahead. And um, I was trying my best. And People used to think that I was actually the one that wasn't experiencing freedom because I was restraining my choices. People would go out drinking, people would try drugs, and I would say no, and they would make fun of me saying that I didn't have freedom because of my faith. When in reality, I was experiencing freedom from sin whilst they were experiencing being a slave to sin. 
When people say they can drink what they want, well, now you're a slave to alcoholism. When you smoke what you want, now you're a slave to addiction. When you eat what you want, you can be, uh, become a slave to your physical health's downfall. When you say what you want, you can be a slave to the scenarios your mouth creates. When we be physical with you know, everybody, that's when we become a slave to sexual sin in our life. And it can affect all areas of our life. The reality is, in choosing Jesus, we actually experience freedom. In choosing what the world calls freedom, we actually enter into slavery, where we just get into the pattern of what the world does. You know, if you picture, you know, thousands of people drinking on the, on the weekend, for someone to, in an act of their will, turn from that and say, I'm going to do this other thing and pursue God in faith, that actually is the free choice. They've exercised great freedom in turning to God. Well, everybody else does what everybody else does. Um, Adam and Eve in the garden, they were given freedom. They were, they were said, hey, eat, you can eat anything except that tree. Now, what the devil tried to do was he tried to make protection look like restriction. He tried to make protection look like restriction, and that's what the enemy would like to do in your life. He would like to make what God is trying to use to protect you, he, the devil will try and make it look like he's trying to restrict you. When in fact, that decision was the downfall of Adam and Eve and ultimately all of man. They bought into that lie and they saw God's protection as restriction. And in exercising their freedom, plunged themselves into slavery. We are free to do what we want whilst enslaved to sin, but that's not freedom at all. We are free to do whatever we want whilst enslaved to sin, but that's not freedom at all. I love this quote. Freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought. Freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we want, uh, what we ought. Let me just do that again. That was a bit rough. Freedom is not the right to do what we want, but the ability to do what we ought. Sometimes in doing what we want, we enter into a prison in our heart and in our mind. But when we, go, when we live according to God's protection, we experience full freedom from sin. The good news is Jesus came directly to address this issue for you and I. Jesus has come to free us. And the Bible tells us that who the Son, Jesus, sets free is free indeed. And hey, church, we truly learn what sin is by looking in the Bible. I remember growing up in church, and my first introduction to what sins were was the Ten Commandments. Anybody else get introduced to the Ten? Just me, okay. The Ten Commandments. And I remember hearing the Ten Commandments and being told, don't do these. This is what is really bad. And I remember hearing the Ten Commandments, and one of them was, you shall have no other gods. And at the time, I was only eight years old, and I didn't know any other gods. So I ticked that one off. I'm doing all right in that area. And then one of them was, you shall not murder. And again, I was only eight years old, and I was like, look, I'm doing all right in that area. But you know what? As, I, as I've matured and understood the Scripture more, and things have, have jumped off the page to me, you know, things have um, filled me with a desire to honor God. I'll give you an example. One of the, test, the uh, commandments is, you shall not commit adultery. Now, when I was eight years old, I looked up what that meant. And it meant if I had sex with someone who was not my wife. And I was like, well, and actually the original one is someone else's wife. And I was like, look, I don't even know what that means. What is sex? Because um, I grew up in a Christian household. I found out when I was 24. And, um, <laughs> and um, anyway... 
I thought I was doing pretty good. I've not murdered anyone. I don't know any other gods, so I can't, I, I can't be idolatrous with them. And then I, I haven't had sex with anyone. I don't even know what that is, so I'm doing all right. And I felt like, hey, I'm 30% holy at this point. And, um, but, you know, when you go into the New Testament, Jesus speaks to the heart of those commandments, the heart of the law. And, and he says that if you look at anybody with lust, there's that word again, lust, with lust in your heart, you commit adultery in your heart. And I was like, well, sugar. Maybe I'm 20% holy now. Because I've been 16. And the reality is this, is that the Bible begins to expand the law of God and the commandments of God in the Old Testament. And the more you read the Old Testament, the more you come to realize, I desperately need Jesus because I cannot do any of these. I'm not 30% holy. I'm 0.00% holy. I cannot keep up with all of these demands. I can't do it. And the reality is, is that the Bible teaches us that you cannot. You cannot do it. As the laws got larger and larger, as the lists got longer and longer, so too does our awareness of our inability to ever make it and to ever hit the mark. And that's before you have the realization or the revelation that it's actually in our nature to sin. It's actually in our nature. We are not like God. Our nature is actually to sin and do the wrong thing. We, we are a, a slave to the worst restriction of all, which is sin. Why is sin so bad? Sin keeps us away from intimacy with a loving God. Not because God rejects us, but because we usually pull back from God when we're in sin, when we're in unrepentant sin. I know there's been in times in my life where I've been a slave to sin, even as a believer, something I couldn't stop doing. And, and Paul speaks to that in the New Testament. He says, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. And I've had that wrestle. And I remember in those times, I felt ashamed to go to God. My hunger to go to God was diminishing, and it was because of this sin. When we're in sin, it, it can keep us in addiction, keeps us in bondage to things. When we're in sin, it fills us with stress and worry. Fills us with stress and worry. Fills us with anxiety. When we're in sin, it fills us with fear. When we're, when we're in sin, we actually can turn away from opportunities God brings our way. When we're in sin, we're subject to deceit and discouragement from the enemy. When we're in sin, anger can fill our heart and the hardening of our heart can take place. Sin is a dangerous thing. But most, the, the most important thing that I want to mention sin does is that sin separates us from a holy God. Because we are not like God. He is perfect. We are not. And sin restricts us from coming to know Jesus. There was only one person who possibly could hit the mark and could fulfill the law. There was only one person who could do everything the Bible was requiring, do everything that God was requiring for us to know him. And that person was in fact God. And so God sent his one and only son, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God in a bod, three persons, one God, sent his son Jesus to earth. We just sang all about it at Christmas time. But Jesus came and he did not sin. He lived a sinless life. Again, he was not like you and I. We, we learn from Scripture that sin and, and, and things that go through the family, it's talked about coming from the Father. So when Jesus does not have an earthly father, he's born of a virgin, he is sinless. He comes through, he does not sin. He was fully God, fully man, and came and received the punishment for all sin so that you and I could receive the gift of Jesus and come to know God without a restriction. 
I loved what my dad was preaching on Christmas Eve about Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, was a place for raising and rearing sacrificial lambs. Even in Jesus' birth, it was looking to the future at what his purpose was to come on the planet, to come and be sinless and to die in our place. Fully God and fully man, yet without sin. I'll just paint a strange picture for you. Just imagine for a second that you have a little basketball court and you have a two-year-old kid and on that basketball court is a 10-foot hoop and this two-year-old kid, he's only down here, he's looking up at the 10-foot hoop and someone says to this kid, hey, you need to slam dunk. A slam dunk needs to take place on this court, otherwise you're going to get punished. And the kid's like, what? What am I going to do? This kid's two feet, a slam dunk needs to take place, the hoop's 10 foot high. And this kid doesn't know what he's going to do because he's going to get punished unless a slam dunk takes place. Just when he thinks all hope is gone, the goat enters. The goat, the greatest of all time, Alex Caruso, steps on, I'm just kidding, LeBron James steps out onto the court. And LeBron James says to this kid, I can make that dunk happen right now. I can do the dunk and you can not be punished. Now there's three options for the kid. He either says, look, I don't really, don't really care. You know, I'm, I'll just receive the punishment. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to receive the punishment. Or the kid can try himself. And as we know, he's going to fail. Or he can ask LeBron, LeBron, would you do the slam dunk for me? Now bear with me. That is an excellent world-class picture of the gospel. I'm just kidding. That is a great picture of what it is for us. Our sin deserves punishment. We have missed the mark. We have not done enough to come into a relationship with God. And we're also unable in our own ability to do the right thing, to be able to do it. Yet, here comes Jesus. And he says, hey, it is easy for me. Not easy, because he, he paid everything for us. But it is within his ability to do it for us so that we cannot be punished and we can come to know Jesus. Like this kid, we all have the option, the three options. We either say, look, I don't care. I don't need God. This punishment that may or may not be, I don't need it. It's all good. You go through life averting the situation. You hear the gospel and you don't respond. That's, that's option number one. Number two is, I, I hear this. I hear what's going on. I know Jesus can do it, but I'm going to figure it out myself. I'm going to find my own way to God. And you can put crystals in your bedroom. You can look in a cave. You can go wherever you want. But the only way to connect to God is through Jesus Christ. So option number three is, I am unable to do this. With my imperfections, I cannot connect to God, but I know someone who can, and he, in a gift to me, is going to do it for me and make a way for me to know Jesus Christ. Church, can I, can I encourage you? Whether it's your first time here tonight, you've been many times, Jesus is offering to you his free gift so that he can do what we cannot do and connect us to a loving God. What he will do is he will eradicate that restriction of sin. It doesn't mean that we are now sinless for all time because no one is sinless but Jesus. But we are free from the restriction of sin. What would try to stop us from coming to know God because of Jesus can be broken and you can come to know him tonight. Just as the band comes, that, that, was, <laughs> that was great timing. Two quick quotes from a great preacher, Charles Spurgeon. He says this. You are a great sinner, but he is a greater savior. 
I want to encourage some people tonight as you're hearing about this restriction of sin. You might be thinking, Jordan, all the things you've said, I've done those in, and I've done more. I've done terrible things. Look, it doesn't matter how good a sinner you have been. God is a better savior. You cannot out-sin the grace of God. You cannot out-sin the forgiveness of God. You may have done many, many things that you're ashamed of, many, many things you'd like to take back. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ's blood can wash away all that sin, His free gift can wash you clean before God and you can come to know God tonight. Another great quote from Charles Spurgeon, when a man believes in Christ, he is in that moment in God's sight as though he had never sinned in all his life. When a man believes in Christ, he is in that moment in God's sight as though he had never sinned in all his life. When you put your trust in Jesus, you will be free from sin. The restriction will be over. You will be born again. You will be regenerated. You will be free. You will be forgiven. You will be saved. The Bible says you will be transformed if you would just believe in Jesus Christ, if you would put your faith in Him. Why is it so important to believe in Jesus? Because in believing in what He's done and putting our faith in Him, we receive that gift. He places upon us His righteousness And so what's seen on us by God is no longer our sin, but the righteousness of Christ. You know, there was a time where I went um, to a soccer game with someone, and uh, it was at the Perth Glory back in the day, and uh, I think they lost 9-0. Anyway, we're down there, and uh, the, the, the person who we were there with, they were actually helping with the catering, so we got access to a, a like a pre-dinner with some of the players, and that kind of thing, and, and I, I definitely like did not look like someone that should be in there. I was a young kid. Uh, wearing a World Industries t-shirt, just tucking into the buffet. And um, someone asked me, hey, are you allowed to be in here? And thankfully, I had the lanyard on that gave me access. It had the Perth Glory logo on it, said VIP. And so I just flagged the lanyard. I'm allowed to be in here because something that is on me. You know what? The devil, the accuser, He might come to say to you, how can you be in a relationship with God? How can you know a loving God? He's perfect and you're not. Look, when we receive, when we believe in Jesus, He places upon us His righteousness. When the accuser comes to say, you can't have a fresh start, you can't go again, you just say, look, got my my lanyard, got the righteousness of Christ. Whether you're a young person, older person, whether it's your first time, you've been many times, tonight is the night. It's your opportunity to receive the righteousness of Christ, to no longer be covered in your shame, but be covered in the forgiveness and the gift that Jesus has given. 2 Corinthians 3, just as I close, says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. The South African translation says, transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Hey, what could you do with the power of the worst restriction over in your life? What could you do unrestricted, going forward for God, getting all that He has planned for you? What would your life look like, free of all that stuff and hanging on to Jesus? I want to encourage you, what your life will look like is fulfilled. It will look like a closeness to God. It will look like a freedom in your heart, your mind, and your spirit. You're going to be able to boldly go before God, not because you're perfect, but because you've received the perfect gift of Jesus Christ. Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. 
Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today.